Welcome back to the Heart of Art podcast. I'm your host, Pam Yule. I'm absolutely smitten with my with today's guest, and it's okay for me to say that because he's my husband of 30 years. A few people mentioned that we should interview each other, and we said, why not? I'm sure he will keep me on my toes, so I better buckle up. Welcome my artist husband, Brad Yule. Hello, dear. <laughs> Hello, dear. This is weird, but we're going to do it. Okay. Okay. So we usually start with family life. You want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm married to a very good looking artist and podcaster. We have three kids together and your dad lives with us and we have some, a dog and a couple of cats now. Yeah. And a fiance. And a fiance at the house too. Yep. It's a full house. It's always, always fun. Always interesting. Interesting is a better word. <laughs> yeah, I corrected myself. Okay. Um, how does... I'm going to have to edit this out. Some of these questions are weird for us. Okay. So your family life, how does it affect your studio time or your work time? I think it affected it more while I was hurt for the past few months because I had to be up in our bedroom and your studio was downstairs. So I didn't like not being down there, but I couldn't go down there. So I moved everything up here and didn't, I guess I got a lot done, but I didn't like it near as much as having our studios next to each other like we used to. Yeah. And so where do you usually do your work? Like any true artist, I do my work in a bar. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It works. It does. It works. And we've talked about you doing some work in my studio. No, other people have talked about me doing work in your studio, and you always make a weird face when they say it. So, no, I I don't think we've ever talked about it. I think other people have said, isn't it nice that y'all have a studio space to share? And then you make a face and I smile at them and say, yeah, I don't think we're doing that. (laughs) If we can figure it out, you are welcome. Okay, I'll move some of your stuff around later. Okay. Since y'all can't see her, that's not a face of okay. <laughs> okay, so do you, um, I know this answer, but I have to ask these questions. Do you work whenever the mood strikes or according to your work schedule or? My work schedule always interferes with it, but I really only do it when I f- do art, when I feel like I'm doing art. But that seems like it's most of the time. It is, but I mean, I've had days on end where I just didn't feel like writing, didn't feel like creating, didn't feel like doing anything. Yeah. Okay. But I think that's probably different than what like you would say, or most artists would say, because that's not how I make my living. So it's not like I have to, if I think if that was how I was making my living, yes, I would schedule it and have it like a job. But since it's not, I do it for fun and relaxation. If it doesn't sound relaxing, I wouldn't want to do it then. Yeah. I am. Um, I don't work necessarily. So um, I have supposedly all kinds of free time, but with seven of us, that doesn't always happen. No, we don't have a lot of free time. So I squeeze it in where I can. Um, Okay. You want to tell people what your day job is? I am a police officer. Yes. You rocks. Um, Do you want to elaborate? Sure. 
I've been with the same department for 27 years. I'm currently in a surveillance unit where we spend most of our time following people around and arresting them. So I don't have to wear a uniform anymore. And that's a nice change. And hopefully I'm towards the tail end of my career where I'll have a lot more time to do work. Yeah. We were talking about retirement today. So, yeah, that's a great goal. Yeah. And we'll, we'll see about your knee. If you make it to the end of, to regular retirement time, he hurt his knee in May badly. Um, Okay. So what's it like trying to make a profit at your passion? Does that ever make it feel like a burden? I don't. I don't try to. All I've ever wanted this to be is a self-sustaining fun thing. Yeah. So if I can ever get it to the point where the things I sell pay for the supplies, I'd be thrilled. If it does more, great. But that's never, I don't know if that'll ever be my goal because I think that would take a lot of the fun out of it. Yeah. That's what you tell me to do. And I I try to... Um, I try to do that by um, just trying to make make enough to fund the the art that I do. Um, but since I did work for so long, um, I'll admit that I feel funny being dependent. And I would love if I made enough that I was contributing like I used to. Yeah. to the family. So. That makes sense. What what I always tell you, and I still stand by it, is you can, and I, I think there are artists that manage this fine, and I don't quite know how. But you you can make art and make a living at it. But if you're sweating everything you make, and if it's going to sell, I think it affects everything else you do as far as creativity. Yeah. And then I mean, there's other people like we can talk about my pop. My pop's the opposite. He will tell anybody that asks him he's a commercial artist. He makes art that sells to sell art. Yeah. He doesn't really do it. I think he does the wood turning and bowls for fun. Yeah. But even that, ultimately, the goal is sales. It's not a passion thing. He does it because he wants to sell things. Yeah. I think he likes it. Yeah. But Or he wouldn't do it. But, yeah, that's his ultimate goal. Um. Okay, we touched on this a little bit. Um, what what do you love about your workspace? For me, I just like having all my stuff around me where like what I've got set up now with the bar that we just had finished is all the art books, all my little weird um, horror figures and different little statues from artists and hopefully soon art hanging back on the walls by just like being surrounded by all that stuff when I'm working. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I've got my, my big space and everything has a place and um, not everything. What do you mean? I don't have a space, but that's fine. (laughs) We let that go. We'll work on that. (laughs) But all of my art supplies have a place now and the canvases have a place. They're not just piled up all along the walls anymore. So there's room to spread out and have a couple of easels going at the same time. And um, I love that. And I've got my speaker in there for music and a candle. I like to light a candle and have it smell good. Um, all my silly things like that. 
Well, and I think like you said, or I said it earlier when we were talking about it before, I like our art spaces being connected because I feel like yeah. you're doing stuff all day. I do stuff all day. I don't want to come home and have an art space upstairs and you're downstairs in your art space and we manage to still not see each other the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Do you have any rituals for your mindset or creativity practices like music, meditation, journaling? I will quote one of your other guests that I don't know if he said it on the podcast, so I'm not going to say their name, but I like to drink a little bit when I do art. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I know exactly about. what you're talking about. I can't if they said it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, he did. Be, okay. He did. Then yes, I agree with Damien. Yeah. Or Damien. Damien. Yeah. I agree with Damien. I like to drink a little and do art. Yeah. Okay. Um, and like I said, I like candles and music and um yeah, I've even got a little um, diffuser that I turn on when I go in there and it lights up and has pretty colors, but I'm noticing I'm not using it that much. I don't really notice it once I get busy with my art. So, um, I like music too, but I like, I can't, I know you listen to audiobooks and stuff sometimes when you do art, I totally lose focus on anything else I'm doing. So like music is great. But I probably couldn't tell you what I've been playing for the last 30 minutes if I was doing it. I was going to say, it seems like you're, you've usually got it quiet. So I thought you might like the quiet concentration. And I, But I've got to have noise 24-7. Well, not 24-7, not when I sleep. But, but if as, I'm, as your feet uh, hit the floor. Yeah, I've got to have background noise of some kind, music or TV. I'm comfortable with it quiet. I'm comfortable with music on. I just, I know, like, I would love to be able to tell you, I'm going to listen to a podcast while I do art. Yeah, I won't hear a word on the podcast. Yeah, I can't split my focus like that at all. Yeah, I do that sometimes. It just depends on if um, how much I'm concentrating. Um, okay, when did you start your art journey? Have you always been an artist? No. Well, yes and no. I mean, so you haven't mentioned it, but I'll say it. So we've say, been together since jumper. we were 17 years old. So we've seen each other for growing up for quite a while. Yeah. I dabbled in art. I mean, I think I don't know a kid yet that doesn't draw or doodle or do something. So just like every other kid, I did that. But growing up, nobody discouraged me from doing art other than I didn't like making um I'm very introverted, so I didn't like making things public. And if I made any art that my parents saw, they liked to show it off. So that just kind of steered me more away from it. And then they were also more into sports and other things. And they never said don't do art, but it was never really their thing. So they didn't I, encourage it. No, they just so I didn't. I just kind of ignored it. And it's not till recently, and that's a whole nother long story for another time. I found out in 2019 that I was adopted, and that's when once I started meeting bio family, I found out that I came by my art urges honestly and decided to start listening to them. Yeah, that that was a good elevator speech because that's a. Big, long story. That's why I want that short. Yeah. Okay. Nobody wants to hear all that on our podcast. Well, I I will put um your story in the show notes. So okay. in case people want to listen to it, because it's absolutely riveting. Um, His whole journey since he found out he was adopted, Um, which I will say in a nugget, we found out because we thought it would be, quote, fun to do Ancestry DNA for Christmas and see where our ancestors came from. And someone saw the match 
um, in his bio family and assumed he was looking for his family and reached out to us. So, um, and then it go it gets crazy from so you're there. The story longer. No, that's that's it. Uh, then it gets crazy from there. All, all all the players have a crazy piece of the puzzle. Um. Okay, so what's your current medium or mediums? My current mediums are digital art, printmaking, and photography. Right this second, I've gotten really sucked into photography. Yeah. I was doing photography. I really started back doing photography, gosh, a few years ago. I was playing with it. We did it in college. We took a yeah, class. We, I, we did photography in college, but I mean, doing it like for artistic purposes. I started playing with when I got that light box a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. But it was just kind of an off and on thing. And then I get when I got hurt was really when I started the printmaking and the digital art because I was just stuck sitting on a bed all day and there was nothing else to do. Yeah. So right this second, I'm really into photography. I still want to do printmaking. I still want to do digital art. But I think I really want to focus for a while on getting better at photography. Yeah. I woke up the other morning and he was taking the tripod and tripod into the bathroom to shoot the moon out the window. It was cold. It was dedication. No, <laughs> I was going to say that was dedication. No, that was me being a sissy. I didn't want to go get cold. <laughs> it so was cold. Outside it was very cold. And I mostly paint. I do mixed media too. Um, I of course started out doing acrylic and I like colored pencils too. I like all kinds of things. Um, I'm dabbling in jelly printing, but I'm not good at that yet. Um, but mostly I paint and do mixed media. But um, how did your art journey begin? You skipped all that. Well, that it's kind of interesting. I did a couple of art things um, growing up, like you said, just taking art classes and my mom saved a piece here and there. Um, but my mom was an artist. And I think that made me stray away from it and wanted to be my own person and not, we, we looked so much alike. Everyone was always comparing us. So I think um, I didn't, I, I balked at that. Um, but then when I was about 30, for some reason, I got the idea that I wanted to try something and I got out a silk flower and drew it with colored pencils that just like a kid set of colored pencils and I liked how it turned out and I showed you and Brad is just the best cheerleader um he took Michael's coupons and went through the line over and over and got me all the expensive colored pencils um in multiple trips and showed up and presented them to me and told me to go for it so that was where I started um, and now, as I've said before, I'm in Milan Art School, so I'm kind of doing what they tell me to do. So it's been oil painting lately, um, but I'm about to finish my oil painting unit and get into mixed media and spray paint and graffiti and drip pens. And you sound a little more excited about that. I'm very excited. I, I did love oil paint, though. It, it's It's been a challenge, but um, it's been fascinating um, learning the different techniques the layers and the transparent oils and things like that. But, um, but I'm very excited to try mixed media um, of this type. Mixed media is a broad umbrella. I already do mixed media, but this is totally different. Um, I do um, 
you can look on my art page. I do um, these, I think, very interesting textured backgrounds with cardboard upcycled shapes. Um, and they're, they're lots of fun. I'm and doing modeling paste and yeah. Yep. So the background's all textured and I do lots of layers of different colored paint and, um, show the texture. I love texture and color. So I, re I really enjoy it, but, um, yeah, I've sold a few of those. So that's been, that's been fun. Um, do you have a style? I 100% do not, and I don't want one. Okay. Why? Because, and I know that that's like, they say if you're going to be a serious artist or whatever, that you have to develop a style and a thing. And if that's what I have to do to be a serious artist, then I don't want to be considered a serious artist because I don't want to get stuck in a hole of, I only do one thing. Mm -hmm. I like photography. I like printmaking. I haven't started with a lot of physical art yet, but I think I will. And when I do, I don't want to feel like I have to pick one and do it. I want to yeah. be able to do what I want to do. Yeah. I've spent, I mean, just like with you teaching, I've spent 20, I thought 20, it was 28, 28 years now with the same job with people telling me what I had to do. And I don't, you know, this, I don't do well with that as it is. So the thought of having to do only one thing with art when there's so much you could do just seems awful to me. For people that have one thing and do it and love it, that's cool. I'm totally down for them, but I don't have that. I like all kinds of different things. Yeah. I was fighting for a long time to get a style and it stressed me out. And on this show, talking to people, I've gotten more and more comfortable. Um, first of all, I've, I've noticed, like people have said, the more you do, there's kind of a cohesive style that becomes noticeable. And I kind of see that starting to happen, but I've also gotten more comfortable with the idea of not having just one style because I do like doing so many different things and, and I'm learning it's okay if I want to do 10 things instead of one, hopefully I can do them very well and not be all over the place. But, um, but yeah, I'd like to just keep dabbling in whatever I enjoy. Um. Do you have a favorite work of art that you've done? Anything that you mm. refuse to sell? Since everything I do is digital or printmaking, there's always more than one. So I don't really have a problem of, oh gosh, I don't want to sell that. It's not like your paintings where once it's done, it's that's it and it's there. Yeah. A favorite? You go first and I'm going to think because I cannot think of what might be my favorite. Right I now. don't know if I have a favorite, but the ones of my kids you know, I would feel weird selling those. And, um, like I just did the ballerinas of our two girls and, um, I've got a scratch board of one of our daughters and a colored pencil of our son. So those are, I, I doubt I'll ever sell those. Those are special. I think, it's going to be one of the more recent things I've done. Like right now, I really like a couple of those pictures of the couple of pictures of the moon I've taken lately. Yeah. Just cause I've never seen, I probably did as a kid, look through a telescope and see the moon like that, but I've never gotten to photograph it myself, see it like that and be able to look at it. So that would suck if there was only one and I had to choose to sell it, but mm -hmm. I can sell it and still have my own. So that yeah. works. Um, we were talking about favorites. I have, 
two other favorites, and I actually happened to do them both for the same church. Um, one was a live drawing I did, um, and um, it just became special because I made reproductions of it, and I watched people. It kind of became a ministry um, in a way, if if that makes any sense, because I would have it at a booth, and someone would look at it and be kind of half interested in it but when i told them the meaning behind it then you know several people bought it um so i feel like that reached some people and that was really cool and then i just did a commission for them um that um i haven't shown on social media yet because they haven't revealed it yet at church that'll be this sunday and i really kind of dig how it came out so um those are favorites too. Now let's go off script because this is the part you've been scared of was me just coming up with my own questions, I think. Yeah. I have drug your feet to come up here. Yeah. So do you have a favorite of mine? Oh, that's a hard one. Mm -hmm. I like a lot of your work. That wasn't what I asked at all. Well, but I'm, I'm scrambling to think of one favorite. I love your moon pictures. I love the um, sunset pictures you took in Jamaica. The waves crashing. That was cool. And your digital art is really cool. But a lot of times, and I mean, we, we giggle about this, but a lot of times it's horror art. Mm -hmm. And that's not my favorite thing. But I love your, your, your art, you know, your um, ability that you've executed it but it's not necessarily my favorite subject no it makes sense yeah but um i love your printmaking um which makes me think to re-answer your question i think one of my other favorites of mine is probably the worst one of all i love my charles manson prints oh my gosh <laughs> just just the way they came out i really yeah. liked them i know it's not a popular subject matter but i thought it was so cool how they came out yeah well it sold right away so no, you're not, not alone not, not the um stained glass one but the one i did in the book pages oh the relief print okay okay but no somebody did buy the stained glass one. yeah they did and i think even you and their mom asked do you really want that <laughs> It didn't help to sell it, but it still worked. Yeah, it was Charles Manson as a saint. <laughs> In a stained glass window. It was fine. stained glass window behind him. <laughs> He's you've definitely got a good sense of humor. Keep me on my toes. Um no, I don't have any favorites of yours. Do you have any favorites of mine? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think my favorite, and I think I've told you not to sell it more than once, is your hummingbird in the winter. I mean, is it a hummingbird? The bird on the branch. Oh yeah, with the the funky yes. colors and everything. Yeah, that's I like that one that's, too. I I don't know why that one's my favorite, but yeah. that's one that always sticks with me. Josie always tells me not to sell that one too. That's just a little eight by ten acrylic. Yeah, it's just a little eight by ten acrylic that most people couldn't do. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you ever get stuck or unmotivated? Yep. Yeah. All the time. At work or with art? With art. Well, I think. I don't see you ever stopping. You just keep going. 
I don't think I get like I get stuck or unmotivated in writing. So when I write, uh, there's times where I'm like, oh, I just I don't feel like doing it. Art, I think I get stuck on a subject matter. And what you don't see is, like I said, I won't do it if it's not fun. And I'll just kick that to the curb and start doing something different. Yeah. So and then I'll usually go back and finish it. But if I'm feeling stuck and feeling like I'm having to force my way through doing it, I don't think I'm going to do it well. So I don't do it. And I move on and either try something else, call it a night. Yeah. So not like, not like weeks of, I can't do art, but there's times where I look at like right now, I've got the jaws prints, excuse me, that I want to make. And every time I've pulled out the Leno to do it and started, I'm like, I just don't feel like doing this right now. So it's all sitting up on the dresser right now. Yeah. Cause I just have not felt like doing it. Yeah. Um, that is actually the question that got me to start this podcast was wondering how people get through that. Um, and so I have learned listening to other people that um, it, it's all over the map. Some people get stuck and walk away from it. Some people insist on pushing through it. And so I've been trying both. So it it kind of depends on my mood. If I'm really frustrated, I'll walk away from it and, Go get a drink, use the restroom, come back to it, or you know, go longer, you know, and come back to it. Um, sometimes, like you said, I'll do something else um, to get away with, get away from it. And sometimes I just, I've been trying to just push through it completely, and uh, just tell myself this is, you know, not the end of the world. I think of Celeste saying, "No one's gonna die," you know, and just pushing through. So I've been trying to take tips from my mentors. Well, I think that's harder for you too, because you've also got the school side of it where there's, you can't move forward in school to you complete certain things. So yeah. like where I can be like, that gets I don't want to do that printmaking. So I'm going to do photography for the next week and then come back to printmaking. Yeah. You can do that, but then you're just a week behind going in school. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, what makes you feel successful? I think for me, and this is probably something, this is something we can talk about for a while, probably if you want to. It comes both from my dad that raised me and my job because I've had a handful of pretty unreasonable people I've worked for, where to me, I define success when I finish something and I like the way it turns out in a way that I wanted it to. Mm. Like, I don't look, I like when you like my artwork. I like when other people like my artwork, but it really, it matters, but it doesn't matter to me. If nobody ever liked, like the horror prints that I do, I do them because I like to do them. Yeah. So if I look at them and I mean, I've made some and I'm like, oh, that looks like crap. I don't like that. And that's fine. Yeah, But the success for me comes when I look at them and I'm like, oh, wow, that really came out good and I like it. When it lands with other people who like it too, that's awesome. But um, I'll go back and I just forgot his name as soon as I started thinking about him. The record producer guy that we just bought his book. Oh, um, I, I don't know his name. You keep reminding me his name. I'll think of it in a you we can tell your thing and I'll figure it out in a minute. 
Okay. Um, success. Um, kind of like you, if I finish something and it turns out the way I kind of had a vision for it to turn out, that's a big win. Um, I was thinking about this today and when I'm at festivals and vendor booths and things like that, and someone walks in and they legitimately like my work um, and aren't just being polite, that's a big deal. So like one that I remember was um, at one of our last festivals, there was a girl, I don't know if you remember this, she was a tween. And so very pure and honest she walked in to our space, her jaw dropped, and she asked me, did you do all this? Oh, yeah, I remember her. That was cool. And I said, yes. And she said, good job. And she came over and high-fived me. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's cool. Because whether she was an adult or not, it, it was pure, honest um, joy over my work. So that was really cool. So moments like that are my favorites. Um, or doing something for somebody and they seem to really love it, you know, like commissions. I haven't done a lot of those, but those are really satisfying when they like what I've done. And I, I've cheated and Googled while you were talking. Yeah. So it's Rick Rubin, who is a record producer and the co-founder of Def Jam Records. He just released a book and they've been posting little snippets of interviews with him online that I keep sending to you. But he keep in all of them, he's talking about how creativity for creativity's sake is when your best artwork comes forward. So I think that's what I've always believed. I just didn't have quite the words for it till I heard him say it. But I make the things like when I took the sunset pictures in Jamaica or the I'll use a di different example because there's some I'm about to go try to sell. When I took the pictures of the old um, rusted cars and planes out in the country. I'm going to try to sell them at a show in a week at round top. And I think that's the kind of art that people out there will like. But when I saw them, I never once thought, Oh, I need to stop and take pictures of these because somebody would buy that. I stopped and took pictures of them just because I thought they were cool. Yeah. And then later came around to the idea that, Oh, people might like these. Yeah. But if I had seen that and it wasn't something that I was into, I probably never would have stopped. Doing yeah. It. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I need to pick up my camera again. I, I used to love to take my camera out and just get down close to the flowers and take my macros and stuff. Um, okay. Do you do shows, have a local gallery, sell it yourself? What do you do? I have, um, let's see. I do shows. I've only done, gosh, three or four, I yeah. think. Three or four, and they've all gone decent. Some of them haven't been the best, but I, I mean, as an average overall, I think I've made my booth fees back for everything that I've gone to. Mm -hmm. I've got an online store on Big Cartel that only has like two or three things on it because I just haven't even decided if I really want to try to tackle that along with other stuff. And then all my stuff's on Instagram where you can just, if you see something like it, DM me, I'll tell you the price. And if you want to buy it, we'll work it out from there. But I... Yeah. I think I need an online store at some point. Like I don't even have business cards. So I probably need stuff like that. But right now I'm just so focused on the making of the art. I'm not so good and focused on the business side of it. Yeah. Um, 
I've done vendor booths. Those those are fun um, for the most part. Um, and same thing, I post them on Instagram and people can reach out to me. Um, I've done some commissions and those are those usually come from meeting people at festivals um, or friends that say, will you do this for me? Oh, we've both done shows. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've done like art calls, juried art. We've done art calls. We did, or I did um, the Artrageous Art Hub, the macabre show for Halloween. Mm -hmm. And I sold a piece there. Mm -hmm. And then we did the VAGF, the Visual Art Guild of Frisco's banquet that had a show with it. Yeah. And I sold a piece there. Yeah. So I've sold a couple at like show shows. Yeah. But most of it's been like vendor booth for lack of a better word, I guess. Right. Yeah. Which I mean, those, like you said, it's kind of like when we've gone to Cottonwood and stuff in the past. That that to me is a lot of fun. If I, it's not so much if people are buying, I mean, it's great when people are buying stuff and I'm not like, well, I just spent money to sit here all day. But just getting to talk to people like the just talking to people like your art, like when we did the charity thing. Yeah, that was I cool. think I only sold one piece, but I talked to so many cool people that just liked it and wanted to talk about it. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, that was a cool gig. Thanks to Juju. Mm -hmm. Juju told us about that one. Um, okay. Do you you may not since you just started out, do you have any clients or stories? I don't really, not client, like there's nobody that's coming back to me over and over again. I think the only story I can, I would say is when I did that first show, which was my first show was Terror Fest out in Conroe. It was a horror movie festival. So kind of the perfect niche for all the stuff that, or a lot of the stuff that I make. And there was a girl that came by very close to the end of the last day. And was just struggling and struggling, trying to figure out what she wanted to buy and ended up buying probably some of the more expensive stuff I had and got the couple of expensive things and skipped a couple of things I saw her keep going back to when she was trying to figure it out. And once she bought those, I caught her before she got out of the booth and I gave her the other stuff she wanted. Yeah. And that was just, that's, it's You're fun. About that. Well, it's just, it's fun to, we were just talking about it downstairs. It's fun to be your own boss and nobody can tell me I can't give away my art. If I see somebody and I want them to have it, I, I give it to them. Yeah. Um, it's funny. One of the people, one of your other guests talked about that when I was meeting him was Gerald that when he used to go to shows when kids would, or he still goes to shows, but when kids come in and you know, they're too little, they can't afford any of that. They don't have money. They're going to have to talk their parents into it. He occasionally gives stuff to them just because yeah. he likes that. They like it. Yeah. And I think that's fun to be able to hand art to people. Yeah, it is. Very much so. Okay. Um, what about you? Uh, I was thinking about this today. I thought about the girl that said high five. I think I was really excited. There's a lady I'm doing a commission for right now. Um, and she came in and was just so complimentary in my booth. Um, and she just was saying she loved what I did. and um, not to get discouraged. And, um, the more she told me what she liked, the, this idea evolved that she wanted to do. 
And so she's got me doing um, a triptych um, with uh, mixed media with their monogram, um, a heart, and then in the middle is going to be a family silhouette. Um, and so that's really hard. <laughs> the silhouette's really killing me, but um, I'm determined to make it work. And um, we've been texting back and forth and she's super excited. So um, picking out lyrics to include and stuff like that. So it's fun to um, help her create her vision of what she's got in mind and watch her be excited about it. I guess that that's the other I do. I've, I have no paid commissions. I've never had somebody pay me to make art, but I've helped two people now. One I'm still working on design tattoos. I'm not a tattoo artist, but I'm covered in tattoos. And I've looked at a lot of tattoo books and seen them. I don't draw tattoos per se, but I've watched like when I got some of my first tattoos, when you've gotten tattoos, I know how hard it is to walk into a tattoo shop with some big dude or whoever that's all tatted up and like, what do you want? And you have to try to explain to him what you want. So I'm on my second round of helping somebody just basic line art out what's in their head because they don't do that. So then they can go to a tattoo shop with a basic idea that then somebody that knows how to tattoo can take that and interpret it into something that will look good as a tattoo. Yeah. And those kind of, like you said, have been fun because it's the going back and forth. Oh, I love this. No, I don't like that. No, I love this. And I think for the people I've done that for, that gets awkward in the tattoo shop where you're telling somebody, oh, yeah, I said this, but I don't really like that. But if they know you and they know you don't mind changing things, it makes it easier for them just to be like, yeah, can you do this different? And so that's been fun. Um, The only other client sort of that I thought of I just thought it was a huge uh, pat on the back our uh, pastor at our old church um, asked if I was still doing art and if someone was still in touch with me and asked me to do this piece this this that I gave them this last week so um, that was a big deal to me that was a big compliment Um, uh, what artists do you look up to there's so many um past or present well i mean a there's you because anybody that's ever asked i've told you really were my start into an art journey because like i had i was a lucky kid i got to grow up traveling i got to go to the louvre when i was in my junior senior year of high school but i really didn't have a real appreciation for it it was kind of like yeah it's old stuff great cool and then you took me to the Barnes exhibit at the Kimball Museum when it came. Yeah. And that's really to this day when I will say I really started looking at art and liking art for art. That was a cool exhibit. So it started there. And then, I mean, A, you've, you said it when you interviewed him. I have a wee bit of a man crush on Gerald. So he's a huge artist I look up to. And then there's so many people here in the last year or so as we've gotten more involved in the art community that we've met and I'm I'm not even going to try to name all because I'll leave people out and then I'll feel bad but we've met so many cool people that just are fun to talk to about art that do their Mm -hmm. thing they don't worry about what their mediums are or you know is this should I be doing this will it sell 
They're just, I, I like people that are just out there doing things. You're just following their passion. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, I, of course, in the past, I, of course, like Van Gogh and Frida Kahlo. Um, I was thinking about this today. Present, there's so many, like you said, so many people that we've met. Um, and like you, I'm afraid to name them. Um, but there's so many talented local artists. Um, but one that jumps out at me online is Rob Draper one, I think is his Instagram handle. He's the one that does the collage stuff that I send you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he does amazing collage and, and, and what really makes me mad is his hand lettering, but, um, <laughs> he just it, you mean to say something like you're really impressed by it you're not mad at him for it but that you know no, i'm pretty bad okay fair enough sorry rob if you ever listen to pam's show i i think you're great i'm sorry that she's mad at you no i just i watch it and i'm like you can't be doing that by hand you know it's got to be stenciled it's the most perfect cool font for lack of a better word um that he does as part of his collage um he'll do like a person and then do the lettering all over him and cut circles out of it and spray paint it and just do all kinds of cool stuff to it and those are really cool so i love stuff like that and i'd, I'd love to um explore some things like that um there's the other guy i can't think of his name but i'll i'll share it um i'm fat i'm fascinated by so many artists um but the guy that does the fabric he glues the fabric down and he ends up with by the time he's done he's got two figures that are reverse of each other one will have oh, the yeah. fabric in the background yeah, yeah, yeah. one has the fabric on his suit and he he has um horns and he writes love all over the face every time and um i think that's pretty clever but um i don't there's so many there's I love flowers. So anyone that paints the hyper-realistic, huge flowers, Susan Wiggum and um, a couple of other people like that. Um, are you looking it up? I was seeing if I could find them. But I'll put it in the show know. notes. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a muse, a spouse or a famous artist? How you pressure you... your other guests to answer like that because <laughs> I've never heard you say it with that tone <laughs> at all, ever, ever. No, you already said that about me. That was very sweet. So, do you do you have artists that inspire you? I do. I mean, yes. I you you are your muse. I, I like to draw you sometimes. Um, I don't know. Like, I just get inspired looking at everybody else's art. I don't know if I'd ever call any of them a muse. Like, I love Gerald's art. But if I ever did stuff that looked like Gerald's art, I'd feel like I was ripping Gerald off. So yeah. I wouldn't do that. So I see different things that I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I like that. And I'll never do that because they did it. Yeah. So there's things like, there. there's a lot of people that I just, I like what they do. Um, Padre. Padre is a good example. Yeah. I love Padre folk art. His yeah. he's been doing a painting a day, and I haven't seen one yet that I haven't been like, I wouldn't mind putting that up. Yeah. So I he I, he's inspiring. Um, I do not. I'm forgetting. It's 
his first name is Sundeep, and he's oh, part of yeah. the Frisco Art Guild. I love his ink and watercolor um, street drawings. Mm-hmm. It's something I would love to learn to do. I have no skill at it, but I love looking at his because I think they're just so cool. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, do you have a muse, like a spouse or someone like that that I you look do. up to? I and do, you can't I say do. me. <laughs> well, nope. I don't have another spouse, baby. Well, I guess you'll have to pick somebody else then. <laughs> no. You inspire me because you just go for it. And we've talked about this. You'll you'll um I, I'm de- deciding if I should say this out loud or not. Because I don't know if you want me to share it, like about the poster idea. Okay. Yeah, I won't say who it's for, but um, well, yeah, just keep talking. Yeah. So I was just going to say there, like, there was someone that he admired and he asked about doing a tour poster for them. It would never occur to me to do that kind of thing. So I admire and learn from you to watch for opportunities and put myself out there. And that's something I'm trying to do, do better at is watching for opportunities and going for it. So, um, and you send me things occasionally calls to art for women and stuff like that, that I need to pay more attention to and, um, give it a shot. Yeah. It kind of sucks when you don't listen to muse, I guess. I don't know. I listen, I listen, but I get scattered and forget it's in our message feed. And I, scroll down and forget about it and i need to like write it down in my calendar or something but i think some of that i mean to me it comes from what celeste talked about on the podcast because she and i have a similar job i i've dealt so much with things that could really get me hurt or get me killed at work Mm -hmm. that having somebody you know i messaged somebody and said hey can i do a poster for your tour stop in dallas if they say no literally nothing's going to change in my life. I still want to go to the show. I still want to see it. So there's no, I won't say that being rejected would be great. Like I'd be great with it, but at the same time, there's no real fear of it because I lose nothing when I ask. Yeah. So I think that makes it, and I'm not sure if you're in that same boat a lot of the time. That's what, that's what I'm working on. And I've noticed I'm getting better from hearing you taught me through it enough now that I'm starting to catch on that I'm not going to die. It's going to be okay. It may not be fun, but I can try it and might, I might get a really cool opportunity that Mm -hmm. I didn't have before. So, um, okay. We talked about listening to music, but what kind of music do you like to listen to? We didn't talk about that. What are your favorites? I know your number one favorite. But... Do you though? Because I'm not sure I do any day of the week. No, I, I love Dave Matthews. Yeah, that's probably that's what you're what gonna I was say. Gonna say. But I mean, let's be real. I will listen to Metallica, Iron Maiden, Dave Matthews, yeah. Zach Bryan. I've got such a rounded out, pretty rounded musical interest that I wouldn't say. I have a rock solid favorite because I mean I, I could tell you that yes I love Dave Matthews I think we've gone to every one of his shows since like I was about to say I've lost 2015 or so probably earlier Before maybe that yeah but I can also tell 10 you 10 or 12 shows I can also tell you that I've gone 
a couple months without listening to anything by him because I was sucked into what somebody else was doing. Right. So what I would say more for me for music is I like good vocalists, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like I, if, if it's, if there's, well, well, no, that's not even a good example. Um, if a vocal, like if a band switches vocalist, Iron Maiden, I loved Iron Maiden growing up. Still love Iron Maiden. But when they switched vocalists at one point, to me, it didn't sound right. And I didn't like it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then he, their vocalist came back and I love it again. But yeah. so it's a lot to do with who's singing, I think, for yeah. me. Yeah, you have a hard time with vocalists changing. I do. Journey. I do. Yeah. Um, I listen to gangster rap, <laughs> dirty dancing songs. Um, no, I listen to a lot of stuff. I, though. Be honest with your listeners. Don't sugarcoat it. You do listen to gangster rap. I've heard it a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, I guess I do. I, I wouldn't call it gangster rap. Okay. I can tell you, I can be in the kitchen and know when you're home before the garage door opens. How's that? <laughs> I think of gangster rap like gangs killing stuff like stuff that. I listen to probably yeah stuff like uh, I shouldn't even admit it but stuff like wobble is more but, like, like what I you're said, talking about uh, yeah some of it <laughs> oh, that stuff is on my playlist um but mostly it's like eighties or rock ballads or even some musicals um like I like Glee you know covers of musical stuff um uh i don't listen to that a whole lot anymore but um and i've shared before for uh painting especially early in the morning when the house is quiet i love there's a spotify playlist called cozy coffee house covers that's a good list yeah and it's just it's all these cover songs um acoustic and it's it that's just a really cool peaceful vibe Oh, and I listened to him too much to not mention it. What? There's one person I didn't mention that I listened to an awful lot around the house. Oh, we are huge Justin Timberlake fans. I do listen to a lot of JT. Yeah, we, we've watched his Netflix concerts way too many times. I hope it never shows us how many times we've watched that. I don't care. I like it. I'll watch as many times as I want to. <laughs> yeah, he's really good. We got to see him once mm-hmm. yeah um okay do you have advice for your younger self or for emerging artists for my younger self i'd say hey dummy you're adopted hang on some stuff's gonna get weird yeah <laughs> but um i saw that question and thought about it and oh a couple of things and this is not just for younger artists it might be for my young, beautiful wife artist. But so outside of like drawing photography art, I also write and I have a writing coach named Ann Heffron. And she's taught me quite a bit about your inner critic. And I think that's kind of a cool thing to finally get my head wrapped around. That would be advice I'd give to young artists, which is there's really two inner critics. There's the inner critic that you can listen to that looks at something and says, Hey, this doesn't look right for some reason. Like I've, I've written a page for my memoir and read it and been like this. 
I don't know why I don't like it, but I don't like it for some reason. It, excuse me. And then there's the same thing for art. I've taken, well, you know, like you said, I got up, I put a tripod in the bathroom so I didn't have to be cold, took pictures of the moon and every one of the pictures was crap. And it wasn't me being too hard on myself. They were either out of focus, washed out. There was something wrong with all of them. And that's totally cool to be able to look at your work and be like, I don't like how this turned out. The inner critic that's really hard, and I learned more about it than about when I was when I've learned for writing is listening to that voice inside your head that says, Oh, somebody's not gonna like that if you write it. Mm-hmm. Oh, somebody's not gonna like a painting like that. That's the person in your head that you need to tell to shut up. I'm trying to not have to have you put an explicit thing on this. And I'm doing really good so far, but I almost blew it <laughs> right can, there. We can put an explicit thing. I know, but I'm trying to be it. good. We have, so, we have that sometimes. I, I, I never. Okay. Then you should tell them to fuck off. But <laughs> I never tell people what they can say or not say. I just mark it according to how it goes. That's the voice that I've learned from writing classes to really try to silence is the one that says, mm, you know, some people are going to read that and not like it. Well, they cannot read it. Yeah. Or they cannot like me for writing it. But as long as I'm being honest in a way that I'm not trying to be hurtful. Like I, I don't want to write stuff that I'm like, oh, I'm writing this because that's going to make somebody look bad and make them hurt. That's, that's not the goal, but I'm also not going to lie. I may totally miss, um, misattribute the quote, but I think it's Anne Lamont and I've got it somewhere in the house, but I think it was her that wrote in one of her writing books. If people wanted to write, if people wanted you to write their character better, maybe they should have acted better. Mm. And I was like, you know, that that's fair. I don't have to burn you to the ground, but I don't have to turn you into a saint when maybe you weren't a saint. Yeah, that's true. Um, so that would be it. Too. That's a tough question to me. Um, for my younger self, I think I would tell myself to quit worrying what everybody thinks. That's probably my bigger biggest thing is what you just touched on is um, I'm so critical of myself and so worried about what people are going to think that I hold myself back. And when I just do my thing is usually when I have better success. I think that's true. I think, I think that goes back to that Rick Rubin book. I want that yeah. you're going to start listening to, and I'm going to listen to a read that when you're doing what you're passionate about, and you stop worrying about what other people are going to think about it. Cause mm-hmm. I think that would be the other thing I'd tell young people is you will never, ever, ever make art that everybody will like. Yeah. You know, you've got the masters, Matisse, Picasso, Renoir, all those people. There are people that don't like their art yeah. and it doesn't mean their art's bad. Yeah. There's people that don't like my horror art. You're not a big fan of horror. You can see the skill in the artwork, right? but you don't necessarily like the art because it's not a subject matter you like. Yeah, it scares me. That doesn't make, <laughs> we'll have to tell that story maybe before we get off. Um, that doesn't make the art bad. It just makes it not for that person. Yeah, And I think the more that I've come to accept that, and I mean, whether it's writing or drawing or doing art or photography, you can't make something that everybody will like. Yeah. Even if, and I read all these posts on Instagram that people are like, you know, you'll just water your art down too much. You can water it down so it's clear and somebody will tell you they fucking hate water. So there's no way to ever water it down enough that somebody else will like, that everybody will like it. So then just do what you like doing. 
I saw someone, this may be off, off topic, but I saw someone the other day online that criticized Monet. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Uh, they were saying that some of his work just looked like a blur. And I actually, usually I'm afraid to engage, but I said uh, he lost most of his eyesight in his later years. And they said, that's probably what I'm seeing. Thank you for clarifying. So, but, but still the the idea that someone would look at the, these masterpieces you know and find something wrong with it there's there's always going to be somebody out there that's going to do that but you know i think that's and there's i think there's also two kinds of critics there's critics that can be honest and say you know like we talk about i don't really dig that but it's good work right versus somebody that's probably jealous they have not tried to create or something and want to just burn the artist down and pick it apart. Yeah. I, I think that's a different kind of criticism than, you know, just being able to say, you know, I think you've had it. I know I've had it in, in my, in a booth before where somebody's like, that's really cool. I would never put that anywhere in my house, but it's really cool. Yeah. I totally accept that. There's there. I feel the same way. I'm not. And hopefully this will not offend anybody. I'm not a huge abstract person. I've, there's a handful of abstracts that I'll see and I'm like, ooh, I really dig that one. Mm -hmm. But abstracts are not really my thing. I totally see the skill in making one. It's just not something that I necessarily am drawn to all the time. Yeah. But I don't, I don't even want somebody to think of that as a criticism. It's a, it's a personal preference. Right. I like horror books instead of romance books. It's not because romance writers are bad. It's just not the subject matter I want to read. That's true. So I think that's that's that same advice on watering your work down and trying to make everybody happy is you just there's people that just aren't going to dig what you dig. Mm -hmm. And if you you can paint what they like and not have any fun because then you're just doing something else you don't enjoy doing. Yeah. Okay. This is this one could be tough. Uh -oh. What do you dream about for your future? Oh, that's easy. Are we going to go there? Oh, you shouldn't have pulled Woody String if you didn't want Woody to talk. <laughs> so my dream is A, to survive to retirement, and B, to open an artist co-op somewhere as a close to retirement on, on into retirement gig. I just, I think that would be a lot of fun. I have a lot of thoughts on it. I want to start working on it. I don't think I want to try to do it this year, but I want to start working towards it this year. Yeah. In a way, I like I don't want to rush it and have it be a mess, but dreaming big dreams, yes, I would like to open an artist co-op and have a lot of fun hanging out with artists because really I mean, we I'll dive off here cuz I've never not acknowledged I've gone to therapy for quite a while. I've told people for years. I've told I told you for years. I didn't really like people and I've come through therapy and hanging out with my wife and her artist friends, some other people to come to know that really for a long time, I was just put in places with people that I really didn't dig. They weren't horrible people. They just weren't my people. And the artist people that I've been around lately and some of your other friends that I've been around lately are super cool. And I can't really say I don't like people anymore. Yeah. So being... So translating all that babble back into, I think it would be fun now to be in a community type environment with a bunch of other artists. Yeah. The artists so that's, yeah, that's big dream. 
Yeah. And as soon as you said it, I was on board. And so we've been daydreaming about this for a while now and um, a short while, but we've been daydreaming about it and talking about places and how we'd want it to run. And um, I think we need to start um, meeting with people that have some experience and picking their brains. So some of you out there, we may be headed your way to have some coffee and pick your brain. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love the idea of um, having regular shows that showcase artists that we admire and um, just being in that environment all the time. Sounds really cool. Other dreams would be, I've told myself that I think I'm finally ready to finish the memoir about adoption and pop. I think I'm finally, I'm finally at a spot where I have enough distance from it that it's not quite so emotional. And I have a lot better perspective than like when I was writing the year after it happened, mm -hmm. it was still too close to really have a good removed perspective about things that happened. And now I'm yeah. far enough away that I can kind of see that. So that's, that's a shorter term, hopefully by the end of this year goal, I'd like to go back and do at least one more moth story. Cause I thought that was so much fun. You might explain what that is. Uh, the moth is a group that, publishes or they hold storytelling events where storytellers get up on stage for either seven or 12 minutes and tell a true story from their own life with no notes, no PowerPoint, no things to point back to. And they just tell the story from memory. So I got to do one of those in Dallas about my adoption story. And I had a lot of fun and I would love to go do that again at some point. It was so good. It brought down the house and um, it's driving me crazy that they haven't released the video because I'd love to share it and let people see it that weren't there. And I'm then, still amazed you got it into, what was it, 12 minutes? 12 that minutes. Night? Yeah. And then I guess art-wise, like I said earlier, this year I'm feeling really, right this second, I mean, this year's only been 11 days, but I'm feeling really drawn into photography just because it's I've gotten to do some things I thought were really neat. And I keep seeing other things online that I'm like, oh, I want to try that. Oh, I want to try that. So I think that may be kind of my artistic focus for a good chunk of the year. I'm still going to make some prints, still going to do some digital drawing, but I think I'm really going to try to get my head wrapped around the skills behind the photography. I am hoping i think i mentioned this earlier i'm hoping to finish up my oil and drawing section in, in school and um the next two sections are mixed media and portfolio and i'm constantly feeling like i'm feeling like i'm not ready for like shows or um asking to be in a gallery things like that and i feel like when i have my portfolio done i'll i'll be more comfortable with what I have to offer. So I really would like to focus on getting those two sections done this year. Um, and um, we've been talking uh, this, this may be a girl thing. I don't know if you're, if you're interested in this or not, but um, we've been talking about a lot in my circles about um, word of the year um, and what the word is and what you're, 
goals or resolutions or whatever you want to call them would be. Um, and I shared that um, at our church, we went to, um, are you getting your cards? I'm getting my words because yeah. I can't remember how to say one of them. Yeah. Um, we, at our church, after communion, they had us go up to a table and there were cards all over the table that were face down. And we were, we were able to take two cards um, that had words. And I just felt like mine really suited me and what I need. Um, so mine were light. And I think the other one, it's a Greek word. I think it was kephi, uh, which means enthusiasm. So um, for me... I've been really thinking about letting my light shine, not hiding it under a bushel, all of that, um, and doing it with enthusiasm that I think you would agree. Those are hard things for me and good goals. Super good goals, especially not hiding, hiding yourself. Yeah. Not hiding my work and being enthusiastic about it instead of being like, oh, I don't know. So I'm going to try to work on yes, that. If you ever see Pam's art in a show, <laughs> And there's a lady on a brown background that's a beautiful painting. And you ask her, what's this painting of? She will happily tell you, it's a sad lady. <laughs> it's not the best selling speech I've ever heard. It just is what came out. <laughs> more than once. That's not just once that that's happened. It's called Tsunami Mother. And it is the saddest painting. It is sad, but it's more. Someone said, which one is yours? And I said, the sad lady, because it was the only one down there that was like that. And they, they knew exactly which one I was talking about. So. And see, I think you've already started doing some of that. Cause I mean, not dissing you in any way, but who would have thought that last year you were going to start a podcast. Yeah. And start putting your voice out in the airwaves with other artists and calling, contacting them to interview them. And yeah, it's been really scary and surprising. Um, I'm really surprised that I did it. So I'm really proud of, proud of that accomplishment last year, starting the podcast and hopefully it'll keep going and flourishing. So my turn for my two words. Yeah. What are you tell them what your two words so are? My words were, let's see if I can say it right. Meraki, which is a Greek word that means to do something with soul, creativity, or love, to put yourself into your work. And I think I already do that, but I like that being one of my words because that's kind of what I want to focus on is doing the stuff that I really like to do. And then my other word was wanderlust, which I've already tried to follow because I told Pam today, one of the things I like to photograph is old, like rusted out cars and things like that. And I found a classic car um, junkyard in Denton. So a little wander, not that far, but 45 minutes. And I emailed them and at, told them I didn't want to buy anything, but I'd pay them money if they wanted me to pay money. But I just wanted to come wander the lot all day and take pictures of cars. And they told me, go ahead. So I think for my wanderlust word, what I really want to do is start roaming some backcountry roads and looking for cool things to take pictures of. That's cool. And that's it. Those are my two words. Awesome. Okay. Do you have any events or shows coming up? I'll be at Round Top the 18th to 21st. Mm-hmm. Right. That's on the books already. My pop will be there selling some bowls and I think maybe a couple of paintings. 
and I'll be there selling mainly, I may only be selling photography. I might bring a little digital art, but I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Um, I'm already booked for Terror Fest in October back in Conroe because that was just fun and my people. So I can go hang out with my people and see scary stuff. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll do some more this year, but I really haven't. Well, I mean, I think for the most part, I'd like to put in for every visual art league of Allen and visual arts guild of Frisco. Every time they have a show, I'd like to try to put something in them, but kind of, like I said, there was, Oh, it was like it's last, a lot, though. well, it's a lot, but in like last year, there was a, there was mythology and I just, it wasn't a bad topic. I couldn't wrap my head around it. Couldn't think about anything I wanted to do for it. So I let that one go because I just didn't want to do it. Yeah. But I'd like to enter more of them than I don't enter. Yeah. I am not sure what I'm going to do. I, I am not going to round top except um, to come and visit. Um, but I'm not going to sell my stuff this round. I keep saying I'm not ready. I feel like I need to focus instead of on the show. I need to focus on the creating and try to get through these um, mixed media and portfolio units in school. Um, but I figure we'll do Wiley again next December. We always like that show. Um, but um, And I'll do some calls to art. Um, I think red is coming up. Oh, I'm going to submit for that. Yeah. Um, and um, some different different calls to art, and uh, hopefully the some juried shows. I'd like to get um, some juried shows under my belt. Um, that's it for me. Can I pump up one future guest? Because I just realized that I was wrong. Yeah. We do have one other show we're doing. What on January twenty eighth. We will be at the Liberty Lounge doing the Liberty Lowdown. Oh, that's true. And that'll be with Jack Daw. That's one of your future guests. I yes, think. he is. He said he'd do it. We just don't have a date yet. So if anybody is in the area and wants to look at art, it's a really cool little bar in Fort Worth. And when we were there, it was kind of cold and cruddy outside. So I think there were just 10 or so of us in the bar showing art. Yeah. But I know the one that we didn't go to, this last one that was in December, it was a nicer day outside and they had art vendors in the parking lot in their little um, sitting area outside, inside the bar, all over the place. So if you're looking for something fun to do on the Sunday afternoon, 12 to five on January 28th, that's where we'll be. Yep. That's true. That's just a cool vibe that everyone was super just fun. Really place, yes. Down to earth and fun to hang out with so have a drink there's restaurants all around there they actually have a food truck in the back so you can eat have a drink it's happy hour all day yep. and look at cool art yep and i would mention everybody else is going to be there but i don't know who else is coming except it's jack. kind of rotating yeah we know jack will be there jack Daw is it jack Daw or jack dawson i keep getting it mixed up it's called jack his stuff is called jack Daw art but i think it's jack dawson what i do is i call him jack because i'm not formal like you <laughs> I don't say I was hello. Just trying to give him, I was trying to give him credit for anyone that wanted to look him up. Anybody that wants to look him up, it's Jack Daw Folk Art. Yep. That is right. Okay. Where can people find you? Um, social media, website, that kind of thing. Instagram. My art is cut and shoot art with an underscore after each word. I also have a page about adoption. 
which is a late discovery mm-hmm. on yep. Instagram. Um, all the stuff that I put on my art page also pushes to my personal page on Facebook, which is Brad Yule. You can find it there. Um, you said you had a store. I didn't even realize you had done that. I did. I opened one, put three or four things in it because it was free and haven't really, it's, it links to it. If you go to any Instagram page I have, there's a link tree that links to every piece of writing I've done, my art page, my big cartel store, everything's in there. Okay. So we can put that in the show notes. It's probably yeah. the easiest thing. And mine, um, as you all know, I've got the podcast page and then I've got the artful soul is my art page, my personal art page. Pretty soon you're going to have the artful soul archive. Yeah. My, my daughter, I'm help you with that. my daughter had that idea. I have an old art page that I don't really want to give up because it's got totally different things on it that I've done in the past. Um, and she was telling me I should rename it the artful soul archive um because i have too many accounts and i wish i could consolidate them streamline them but that's okay i just i'm come on zuck make life easier yeah yelling tell him that's right that is correct after all this dread did you get through it i got through it baby what do you know (laughs) you survived thank you so much honey thank you for letting me talk on your show absolutely okay don't forget to go to the instagram or facebook for at the heart of art podcast to see pictures of what we talked about links to brad and i and our work you'd be helping us if you follow our accounts and continue to spread the word let us know what spoke to you this episode on our social media we love your feedback thanks for listening now go do something creative today